Welcome to this uh, fascinating podcast uh, sponsored by uh, PSG Wealth. Today's topic, we're going to be diving into uh, whether or not monetary policy is the best tool to lower local inflation. Most central banks around the world have steadily increased their rates in the past year uh, to combat decade-high inflation levels uh, caused by the recent COVID-19 pandemic. In general, uh, this is uh, the only monetary policy tool that central banks can use to control demand-side inflation. However, countries like South Africa have a supply-side inflation challenge, something that is difficult to manage with increasing interest rates. My name is Mbidiwa Gavaza, a business writer with the Business Day and Financial Mail, and I'll be your host uh, for what is said to be a very um, engaging conversation. And uh, joining us today is uh, Adrian Pask, who is the Chief Investment Officer over at PSG Wealth, who then explains uh, the difference between demand and supply-side inflation and how other tools are needed uh, to manage uh, the different causes that are out there. Adrian, greetings to you this morning. Hi, Medewa, and hello to all the listeners as well. Um, now, for today, uh, Adrian, you and I have been uh, chatting quite a bit over the last couple of months around um, a lot of the macroeconomic um, you know, challenges. We've tackled different aspects of this uh, broader conversation um, around the difficulty that a lot of people are facing right now. This is one of the few moments in, uh, in history um, you know, where you can safely say that almost everyone is going through the same set of factors. Um, you know, whether you are in the south, the south of Africa or whether you're in Europe, the United States or Australia, everyone is struggling with uh, higher prices, um, higher interest rates and the like. But you say that South Africa struggles with a supply side inflation issue. Could you explain, you know, for someone who might not fully understand the difference between uh, demand and supply side inflation? Yeah, sure. Uh, if we talk about demand-side inflation, what typically happens is you you are in an economy that's growing robustly, um, consumers are spending a lot of money, um, and the amount of goods and services simply can't keep up with the level of prices, and the providers of goods and services use it as an opportunity to increase profitability, they increase prices, and from there, it, it leads to to inflation. On the supply side, it is more to do with how those same goods and services have been um, limited to an extent, if you see inflation in particular, to a point that the, there isn't sufficient supply and for the same reason you get inflation. So it hasn't really impacted the demand side that there's more spending. It's just purely that there is more or less going around um, for the demand that that's out there. But if you think at a very basic level, going back to first principles, if we say that South Africa has inflation, then do we have a lot of demand? Do we have a lot of growth in South Africa? And we don't. We see from our latest GDP numbers, our annualized growth is less than a percent. It's, it's only 20 basis points. So if consumers are not doing well, where is this inflation coming from? And this is why we say we know it's not a demand-side inflation, it's supply-side inflation. And particularly in our context, it has to do with energy. Um, we know that many countries around the globe have experienced um, energy problems following from 
constraint and demand um, or supply apologies um, out of Russia, um, given the tensions with Ukraine. And that has led to structurally higher prices broadly, as well as structural disinvestment in that sector. So following on from ESG and responsible um, investing into alternative energies has led to structurally lower supply. And these things are now starting to create inflation in other areas. But it goes back to the point, if we don't have a strong consumer, why are we penalizing the consumer or trying to constrain consumer spending if that's not really the driver behind the inflation that we're seeing at the moment? I think the way that you've um, articulated it um, helps us uh, to really understand, you know, uh, some of the things and especially given the fact that you have to offset some of those considerations around um, what uh, growth in South Africa looks like, you know, do, are we really demanding more? Um, and uh, I guess the evidence is to the contrary. So, you know, a supply side issue it is. Now, you say it's difficult to manage your supply side inflation by hiking interest rates. Um, and I think this will be, you know, quite key to get to that full understanding. Could you explain why? Yeah, I, I think uh, this is where I've got a lot of sympathy with the policymakers on the monetary policy side, uh, the policymakers dealing with interest rates specifically, so the NPC, um, because inflation is high. The, the measures that you have at your disposal on the supplier side are a little bit trickier to, to try and implement to manage that same inflation. So the quickest, easiest tool that you can use to, to combat infl inflation more broadly is to increase interest rates. Um, and ultimately, you are overcorrecting on the demand side inflation to combat the stickier supply side issues that, that you do have. So typically, the tools that you can use to, to fix the supply side issues have more to do with regulations, for example. So um, what have we done in the South African context to ensure that we've got a stable supply of electricity. And we're all very familiar with load shedding and the issues at ESCOM, et cetera. And to fix that, it's not going to be something that we can do overnight. It's going to take a lot of planning and implementation and discipline and sorting out issues around corruption and all these things that we are so familiar with. But they, and I think the real question is, have we uh, fully deployed any measure that we can on the supply side before we automatically just default to two interest rates because it, we know that's the easiest way of getting things done and we know that the supply side issue is more complex but there are other things that you can do for example you can work with taxes um, and subsidies and reduce levies and those measures aren't necessarily that complicated so a good example would be from what we saw last year when um, they reduced the the fuel levy by one rand fifty to, to lower that fuel price, make it a little bit easier on the consumer um, so that you don't constrain growth. But that is a good example of how that actually also helped to bring the inflation number down. So have we have we fully exhausted those type of strategies that can help us deal with inflation from that side? I think that's the key question. It is, it is quite a key question, um, Adrian. And um, given the, the the spot that we're in it has been quite a big debate um you know around uh, the effectiveness um of interest rates you know over time especially given the fact that even though 
central bankers around the world are feel uh, are facing or facing uh, high prices and uh, having to push up interest rates the the conditions in the various economies that we exist in are different and when you think about the factors that are uh, that are prevalent in a country like South Africa then you then start to see that there are other levers that uh, that can be pulled and that leads us quite nicely to say that if interest rates you know can't tame uh, that supply side inflation you know what some what are some of the tools I think you had already started alluding um, you know to some of the strategies that people can um, can use out there but what other tools are there uh, that can actually help to bring inflation under control yeah I think it's important to to maybe distinguish between the long-term structural drivers of inflation particularly on the supply side and then and and then the sort of stopgap solutions that you can implement on a temporary basis um, just to get you there as a transition. So if if I talk about the long-term things, it's about um, how do we make the economy more attractive? How do we make South Africa as an investment destination more attractive? Because that will ultimately also strengthen the RAND, for example, which means that the inflation that we import starts to come down. Um, how do we help energy producers to um, get online quicker, and, and that comes back to the IPPs and um, supporting them to to ensure that there is a sufficient supply of of energy. Uh, which sort of protocols do we put in place to um, don't that we don't run into issues around food? For example, we remember when we went through the periods um, of of droughts that had uh, food inflation, for example, again, an example of supply side inflation. Are there things that we can do to support farmers in that area so that they can protect themselves against inflationary shocks on, on that end? So th- that largely speaks to, to better regulation that's properly thought through specifically to ensure that we've got st- more stable prices. You will always experience issues on the supply side, but there are things that we can consider to make it life a little bit easier for ourselves, because in the absence of those plans, we're going to have to pick it up on the demand side, inflation side, in other words, higher interest rates. So it's really important that we think about those things, because the higher interest rates do come at an economic cost. And I think that cost is often overlooked. Um, on the short term side, I, I alluded to to the reduction in levies and, and why that one is particularly attractive at the moment is because it speaks to a specific area in the market that's specifically uh, leading to higher prices at the moment. It, it talks to lower energy prices. So that's a, a very um, neat way of managing that particular a- area of the sector. More broadly, you can look at re- reducing taxes. Obviously, that's great for growth, but that in itself can also then lead to inflation on the demand side because you're enticing consumers to spend. But this is where we're very conflicted in the South African space because actually we have, what we would ideally want is some demand side inflation because that's a signal that there's growth and that's what we desperately need. And at the same time, sufficient offsets on the supply side so that we can combat inflation or rebalance it from from that perspective. At the moment, we're doing it exactly the opposite way around. Uh, we 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 have high supply side inflation and low demand side inflation. So we have to turn this thing uh, on its head. And as a as a stopgap solution, you know, if, if you think of things like that, for example, which also speaks to how we can help a consumer 
in the areas of our economy that's particularly con constrained. So a VAT component reduction helps the, the poorer end um, of, of the uh, population as well, which obviously is something that, that we would like to, to achieve. So it speaks to some of the broader, uh, uh, let's call it government targets or objectives as well. So, so having a very informed uh, look at the tax um, regime in a way that you can, in a clever way, re reduce taxes without causing too much inflation on the demand side with a combination of um, re reduction in certain levies are, are ways that, that, that we can potentially get this right. But ultimately, what you want to focus on is those, those long-term things. You need to have policies in place that stabilize the supply and improve sentiment so that the currency isn't too weak. Um, and those are exactly the things that, that we're missing the trick at the moment a little bit. You know, in economics, we sometimes talk about uh, the transmission of prices. Um, you know, how how quickly um, does a certain action actually translate into action on the ground or the ripple effects of certain certain moves or certain actions across an economy? And um, I guess interest rates are a, are a monetary policy tool. And everything that you've just described now is uh, is fiscal is fiscal policy because that's where the government is now trying to put in some of these policies in place and um, you are using you know that distinction between long term and short term and you really emphasize the long term and that does place um, an emphasis on the fact that you know some of these policy decisions might be a bit slow you know because uh, fiscal policy is a bit slow when it comes to actually changing or making an impact and in South Africa you know when it comes to some of the other the issues that you highlighted earlier on, like government corruption, you know, how feasible is um, fiscal policy to combat uh, that supply side inflation? It makes logical sense, but, you know, just some of the practicalities as well. well I think uh, I, for me, I would say in general, South Africans are very negative on this component because it speaks to competence in government to think more broadly and act more decisively, which historically have been areas where, where we struggle a bit. But but in defense, I would say, look at the example with the IPPs. I think what we've done there um, has been excellent. I, uh, you know, these are independent power producers that struggled greatly just to get their applications through. Um, and the application process was extremely difficult and time-consuming. But given the urgency and, and the crisis that we do have, they've relaxed the requirements in terms of the applications, and now we can get things going again. So I think we have evidenced um, an ability to get things done quicker and that it is actually quite feasible. And, and, and the fuel levy is also a good example. I, I think that's something that we can do more often. It's not to say that we uh, continuously rely on government to support inflation through through fiscus because obviously that has other long-term implications as well we, we need revenues on the fiscal side i'm just saying it's it's a better mechanism um but but more directly to to your question i i think it it is quite feasible but it requires some some good thought um and it cannot be seen as a, a solution in isolation and i think this is where we need the the npc and the fiscal side of government 
to think collectively around the inflation dynamics over the long term. Um, you can't just act on your specific mandate because you feel under pressure that inflation is too high and you need to act. Um, you know, if we look at what happened in, uh, in the UK, for example, uh, during the period from 2007 to 2012, they experienced um, inflation that ran from 2% to 5%, which, which sounds very mild for South Africans. But in a developed market, that's significant. And on the interest rate side, they did absolutely nothing. Uh, they wanted growth because that was just through that global financial crisis period. Um, but ultimately, the supply side issue was solved um, and not by interest rates, not by constraining growth. And inflation came back to 2% and, and things could, could um, proceed on, on from there. Um, so definitely there are, there are things that, that we can do. It, it, it is feasible. There are different levers that, that we can focus on. It just, as I say, it takes a little bit of more detailed planning and more collective planning and thought. Um, I like the fact that we are at this point where we are acknowledging the fact that uh, it does take, um, you know, detailed planned, detailed thoughts, um, like what you said, to implement uh, some of this policy because you need to have coherence and you need to you need to execute in a good way. But South Africa is infamous for having well laid out plans, uh, but um, you know, execution um, can be a bit tough. Um, and I be, and I remember um, uh, earlier this year in a separate session, um, you highlighted uh, some of the own goals uh, that have been uh, that have been scored uh, locally and all of that. So it is quite a tough place. But if you know all things are being equal, and we can say, okay, cool, uh, everything is gonna be great, and uh, we want to create an ideal situation. In your view, you know, maybe putting everything together together all of the, all, the, all of the different levers what is an ideal you know sort of situation um, when it comes to uh, how do you control um, inflation in in a country like South Africa you know all things being equal and you're saying okay fine we have the ideal conditions and all that yeah I think in the ideal world um, you'll your process around how you think about inflation, especially when you start to communicate to the outside world, um, you, you need to distinguish very clearly about your supply and demand side drivers. And then your policy action needs to reflect your assessment in that regard. So, for example, instead of moving from a space where we say inflation is high, we need to increase interest rates to combat inflation. Let's talk about our supply side component is high but the demand side component is low. Therefore, we don't think interest rates is necessarily the right mechanism, but we'll take the following actions in another area of government to try and combat this. Uh, you know, that there's not a lot of discussion, or at least the perception from, from, from the market is that that discussion isn't happening in a cohesive way. Um, it, it's not necessarily that that structure will solve everything, but to my mind, it definitely makes for a discussion that is more holistic more aware of the surroundings of South Africa. Um, for me, it, it's the fact that we are sitting at interest rates that are, that are at 14-year highs at the same time that, that business confidence and consumer confidence is at the same point as what they were during COVID speaks to a monetary policy execution strategy that isn't aware of the economic environment. But that's a tough statement because obviously... Um, we are dealing with smart people 
and they're acting on a mandate, but we need to broaden that mandate so that they don't feel um, as um, it, it just seems like a very blunt tool to act on a very specific mandate um, without considering the broader factors. We cannot be sitting at interest rates where they are with growth levels and sentiment where it is at the moment. So the, the flaw is quite obvious and it could be fixed by thinking about, like I say, demand and supply side individually and to combat that monetary policy and fiscal policy individually, but then discussing those elements together at one forum. And I think the overarching component should always be long-term strategy versus dealing with transitory type of factors as well. Because if you start to make plans for the long term, then obviously the challenges when you get there will be less. Um, a lot of what we're dealing with at the moment is because the long-term approach um, wasn't there. Um, the long-term thinking about the supply side of, it, of, of energy in South Africa wasn't there. If we had a debate or a forum for debating the supply of energy and making sure that we understand that this is going to be a huge driver for inflation, um, ultimately, which is going to mean that if we don't make plans now, we're going to deal with interest rates later to offset that. If that discussion took place earlier, we would quite probably not be in the situation where we are now, where the higher interest rates is putting the economy under strain. Um, now, as we do in almost all of our discussions, Adrian, we have to bring everything back uh, to investors and how people are making um, investment decisions because all of this feeds into the ways in which uh, people are allocating capital or the way that uh, people are thinking about uh, where and how to put uh, their money into. So against that backdrop, we've spent a lot of time um, you know, making that distinction between demand and supply said inflation uh, we've spoken quite a quite a bit about the causes and also some of the ways uh, that we can address specifically the supply side of things but why should um, investors be looking at something like this why should they care about making that distinction between the demand and the supply side of inflation you know, I think it's really two things I think it's it's sentiment on, on the one end and on the other end uh, growth um, both areas of concern at the moment for, for South Africa. Um, sentiment towards the country isn't great, um, but if you can evidence to local as well as offshore investors that there is a, a robust strategy in place for how we think about interest rates and growth and how we balance in a, in a clever way or a thought through way the, the growth versus inflation conundrum, then I think sentiment will, will improve. You'll also start to clear out some of the long-term concerns around energy supply, um, which is beneficial. And over, uh, just talking about interest rates specifically, uh, lower interest rates is ideally what you want in a country if you can afford to have them. Unfortunately, given the high inflation, many countries, as you mentioned in the introduction, can't afford it at the moment. But low inflation is, is great because obviously you get more consumer spending going, which means businesses are making more profits. It means that funding cost is going down. It means that what people are spending on their debt is going down. It's very conducive to growth. But ultimately, if you don't contain it, yes, it can lead to inflation on, on that side. But again, if you can offset that by managing your supply side inflation really well, where ideally you would want disinflation on the supply side and inflation on the demand side, that's the, the dream situation um, from, from, from the inflation perspective. 
so that's really what 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 we should be after so it has been uh, very fascinating and uh, engaging as well as informative and educational session, um, just understanding some of the differences uh, between uh, supply side and demand side inflation, um, because, you know, a lot of the time we speak about the fact that you have uh, you have uh, too much money chasing, you know, too few goods. And then, you know, we also talk about sometimes, you know, too much demand for certain goods and Adrian um, helping us to make um, the distinction to say that in South Africa, it is the supply side of things um, that is uh, that needs to be addressed and interest rates aren't necessarily the best way to deal with something like this. In a textbook, um, you know, you say that where, the, where there's inflation, sure, um, you address interest rates, you know, lower the money supply and then you can address your inflation. But in the real world, he's highlighting a lot of different factors that need to be taken into consideration and making a case um, you know for sound policy to address some of these issues uh, for example um, addressing levies um, as a way to you know bring down uh, the prices of um, you know something that is essential like fuel uh, which goes into many different business processes and is something that is touching consumer lives left right and center so if you can you know help to bring down prices on that end maybe by lowering levies or, you know, putting a holiday of some sort that addresses inflation, uh, that it addresses inflation down the line without necessarily having to pull the lever off interest rates. Um, so he is just making that distinction and also making uh, the case to say that uh, investors uh, certainly need to understand what's going on if you're going to be making uh, the best decisions that are out there. So that's been it. It has been a good one. Uh, we were just discussing some of those differences and uh, joining us as I said that was Adrian Pasco is the Chief Investment Officer over at PSG Wealth um, giving us a lot of insight into some of those differences and the tools to manage uh, the different causes of inflation Adrian thank you so much for being with us today thank you Medewa thank you to the listeners as well I appreciate it and that brings us to the end um, of this podcast, uh, you know, uh, where we were discussing the different tools uh, that can help to fight inflation in South Africa, sponsored by PSG Wealth. I've been your host, Murio Gavaz, a business writer with the Business Day and Financial Mail. Remember that you can subscribe for free episodes on iono.fm, Spotify, player.fm, Pocket Cast, or wherever you choose to get your podcasts. <music>